everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. This is Digging Deeper Jazz Series. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got some really good stuff for you today, and this is for all instruments, not just saxophone. Everybody out there, including drummers, actually. This is going to be awesome stuff. And so we're going to be sort of taking a note out of uh, John Coltrane's book. That's never a bad thing. And specifically, we're going to talk a little bit about his tune, Bessie's Blues, more specifically his solo on that tune. So we'll get back to that in just a second. But uh, as always, I want to thank Gonzalez Reed's great uh, supporter of these videos. I sure appreciate uh, everything you guys do for me. I play the reeds. They're good stuff. played a chorus of unaccompanied B-flat blues. And in there, I don't even know what the heck I did, but there was definitely tension and release. That is what art is about. That is what your favorite novel is about. That is what a good story is about. That's what a great movie is. There's tension and release. If there's not enough tension, it's boring. Nothing happens. We don't care. If it's all tense all the time, we're freaked out, we don't know what to believe, we're scared about what's coming around the corner. So that's what a great novelist, a great movie director, a great jazz saxophonist does, is handles tension and release. And that's a huge thing. For a lot of us, just getting to the point where we can play right notes through a song is a victory, and it is. That's a great developmental thing. But at some point, we wanna start sculpting what's going on, right? There's a lot of ways to do this. This is a fantastic device. And it's called the five of four, which sounds crazy dorky or possibly even scary if you're not like huge into the theory stuff. Don't worry, it's not that big a deal. And as I pointed out, this is something that John Coltrane uses a lot on his solo in Bessie's Blues. If you don't have that album, oh my God. Crescent, one of the very most important albums no matter what instrument you play. And there's this fantastic E-flat blues on there called Bessie's Blues. And on it, Coltrane plays five choruses, a short John Coltrane solo, and he does something interesting. So I'm gonna tell you what to listen for. And so specifically, so we're talking about tension, where to use tension, or the idea that we have to use tension. It's, it's an important part of any kind of art. So now, where do we use it? A, a great filmmaker, a great jazz player can kind of put tension wherever they want. But there are places in music where tension typically lives. Now, very often that's a 5-1 cadence, right? Where there's a tension and a release built into the harmony, right? So in a 2-5-1 progression, something like that, there are places where the harmony will amp things up a little bit. And this goes back centuries to classical music harmony. I'm not going to dig into what a 5-1 is right now. If that's something you don't understand, you can definitely find out about cadences and tension release and all that. I'm talking to the people that sort of have a sense of what's going on with that, right? Now think about the blues. Um, I'm gonna play a blues, and I'll slap on one up on the screen here for you. And what I'm doing is playing a one chord, a five, sorry, one chord, four chord, one chord, one chord. Four chord, four chord, one chord, I guess a six chord, then a two, a five, and then a one, or a turnaround at the end of that. Okay, so now here's the thing. I want to focus on the fourth measure of the blues for today. Just that lonely one chord there, right? So if I improvise unaccompanied and just play, uh, improvise a little bit there, I'm going to play one chord, four chord, one chord, one chord. 
simple stuff. I played five measures. And so I played one chord, four chord, one chord, one chord, little break because it's the end of a phrase. And then I went on to the four chord. Let me do something similar. Again, I don't even remember what I just played, but something similar. So I hope you can hear the changes unaccompanied. So I played one chord, four chord, one chord, one chord. I ended my four measure phrase really well, if I do say so myself, left a little rest, went on. That's great. Coltrane does that, I think, in three out of the five choruses on Bessie's Blues. Now, what does he do on the other two choruses? Huh. So here's what I want to talk about, the five of four chord. Here's the idea. I've been calling that a one chord, a four chord, a one chord, a one chord. And then we go in the fifth measure to the four chord, right? How about this? The idea that that fourth chord, we could call it a pivot chord. A pivot chord is a chord that can function two ways. When you pivot on your foot, I'm facing this way, now I'm facing that way, but you're pivoting around the same spot, right? So uh, in the example I have, this is very confusing. <laughs> Bessie's Blues is an E flat. The example you have is in C on the screen. I'm playing in B flat. So there you go. Let's, let's talk in the key of C, all right? Just everybody talk in the key of C. Those people with perfect pitch, oops, sorry. All right. So um, what I was doing was treating that fourth measure as a one chord. I played something that sounded final. Now, that there's a lot in that statement that we could unpack. How do you make something sound sound final. How do you play a good phrase? Wow, that's that's another topic. I'll do it one more time. And the idea that in the fourth measure, you're going to hear things come to a rest. I am coming to a conclusion. I'm not creating tension. I'm doing quite the opposite. Then I continue on. So I ended, I think, every single example that I played on the root on the tonic, right? That's not a very challenging note. And I played a long note and I took a breath to let you know that it was the end of a phrase, all that stuff. Now that's a huge thing that many of us should practice is just playing a good four measure phrase. Here's the thing. Look at that fourth measure and look at the fifth measure. The fourth measure is a C7, the fifth measure is an F7. What if we imagine that fifth measure was a new key? Like we're modulating to the key of F, okay? If you're modulating to the key of F, what is its five chord? What's five of F? The answer is C, the chord that's sitting right there in the fourth measure. I went through that kind of fast. In the blues, usually we talk about one chord, four chord, one chord, one chord, four chord, four chord. So we don't imagine that the blues modulates, right? But I'm suggesting we can. That gives us a different sound. That's some of the things that Coltrane was doing on Bessie's Blues. Now, every other jazz artist has done this on many other songs too. I love the example of Bessie's Blues because it's so clear what he does. And by the way, that's gonna be an assignment for you. I want you guys to leave comments on the YouTube page. Facebook's great, but do it on YouTube so that we can all see what's going on. And I want you to listen to Bessie's Blues, his five choruses, and I want you to listen to the fourth measure of every chorus and let me know in the first chorus, is, does he play inside or outside? Does he end his phrase or does he create tension in the fourth measure? 
We could call it, is it in, meaning he resolves, or is it out, let's say, meaning he's creating a tension. So whichever language you want to use. You can say first phrase, for, you know, first chorus, in. Second chorus, out. Third chorus, out. Fourth chorus, out. Fifth chorus, in. Whatever. So I want you all to listen to that. Don't transcribe. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to just listen and see if you can tell. It feels like he's creating tension. I hear tension. Okay, so that's the assignment, all right? So now, um, let me play an example of what it sounds like if I treat the fourth measure of the blues as if it's a tension leading to the fifth measure. So I might play this. Complete with a little squeak there for you. So, I did something different. I amped up, well, I did a lot of different things. I amped up the tension a little bit in that fourth measure. Um, I played more in the fourth measure. I played a dramatic kind of thing from the top to the bottom of the horn. So there was actually quite a bit I did to create tension. I did it more than just one way. I did it with a harmonic thought which created a melody which had a dramatic shape to it. The fact that I played instead of rested. So here's the first one. Here's me treating the fourth measure as a one chord. perfectly good. Here's me treating the fourth measure as if it's a tension leading to the fifth measure. Okay, so you heard the difference, right? So one thing you could say, like you don't have to be a musical genius to hear, oh, he didn't play in the fourth measure that time, and he did play that time. Or there were fewer notes then there were more notes. Or he held a long note and he played a bunch of dramatic notes. There's a whole way you could think about it. Or, if we want to dig deeper, you could say, when I ended my phrase, I held the tonic out. When I did the five of four, when I created tension in the fourth measure, what I did is I played a descending augmented chord. On our chart, a C augmented chord. I played a big fat G sharp. I just came down G sharp, E, C, G sharp. Just happened to be what I played. Uh, that tension could have been anything, by the way. But the point is where we're putting tension. That's what I want to talk about today, right? So I can treat that fourth measure of the blues two ways. I can treat it like it's the end of a phrase and I'm ending constantly, or we can treat it like it's a five of four, like I'm, I'm getting ready to, you know, throw a pitch there in that fourth measure, leading to the fifth measure. It totally changes my phrasing. It definitely adds some interesting tension, right? So there's a lot going on there. So let me repeat that assignment. Uh, listen to Bessie's Blues, John Coltrane, off the Crescent album. He plays five courses, I believe. You're gonna listen to the fourth measure, very focused listening. You're gonna listen to the fourth measure of every chorus, and I want you to hear, is it consonant? Does it sound like it comes to a rest? Or is it dissonant? Does it sound like he's leading in? Is he starting a new conversation, taking you somewhere else? 
This is a little subjective. What is consonant to somebody may be dissonant to somebody else. It's a little subjective, but I would say nine out of 10 people are gonna agree on what it is. So again, I would love to see 100 comments from you guys on what you think it is. And here's the thing, I don't mind if somebody chooses something different than I did. It's art, right? Uh, I don't mind if you heard something different in Coltrane than I did. Good for you, that's fantastic, right? Many poets and abstract artists don't wanna tell you what the painting or the poem is about so that you can interpret it. So I don't want people to feel bad or anxious or shy about putting their stuff out there. We're trying to interpret art here, right? But this is a great, great exercise, okay? So uh, the adult students I work with get so much out of this. I mean, I've taught this at you know all the universities I've taught at too. But this is such a cool thing for the adult amateurs that I work so much with in jazz band masterclass. Uh, it, it's a great way to start thinking about tension and where it lives. And now when I watch movies or read a book, I'm a little more aware, not that I know the mechanics of making a movie or writing a novel, but I'm more aware of what's going on inside there, right? So I hope this gets... Uh, something going for you a little bit in this regard. I've got this handout here that I would be happy to send you and it's, you know, it writes out a little, uh, you know, a little more thoroughly what I'm talking about. And like I was saying, the tension that we play in that fourth measure could be anything. I actually did two or three different things. It could be any lick. It could have sharp nines or flat nines. It could be a tritone substitute lick. It could be a rhythmic tension. You could play a grouping of seven. It could be, as I did, uh, something with range or tessitura, doing something dramatic across your instrument. It could be with volume. It could be with density. Play a bunch of notes. There's so many ways to do it. It's a very, very cool uh, concept. So I hope you check it out. I hope I see a lot of comments from you. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to these video series, please do. We've got more than 50 videos up and uh, I'm delighted to do these. I really appreciate all the comments. And please write me at diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com. As I said, I'd be happy to send you that PDF handout and uh, any of the handouts from the previous videos. So thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time and uh, have fun with the five of four. See ya.